return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Hallelujah. Well, if you could, the rest of you stand with me this morning. You have your Bibles today. Amen. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Word of God is powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, this morning, I just want to talk a little bit about how we are anointed to preach the gospel. And uh, you are anointed to preach the gospel. Amen. You're anointed to walk in the mandate that God has given you, the calling that God has on your life. He's already anointed you to do that. And it kind of, along the same theme as the last couple times I've spoken, uh, wanting to talk about our ministry and how God equips us for our ministry. And uh, I've talked about using our gifts and ministries that God gave us from the beginning and, and how we have physical gifts and spiritual gifts. And how the physical gifts, maybe, you know, before we were even born, he knew he, he, we have personalities, we have characters, we have skills that we've had from the beginning that maybe some of us has honed more than others. It's things that God has given us, physical skills and abilities. And uh, God knew us before we were born, even, even forming us in the womb. In Jeremiah 1.4, again it says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I, I consecrated you to myself as my own. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And so, before he formed us in the womb, he knew us. He knew our personality, what we were going to be. He knew us before we even could even think or speak or talk. Before he formed us in the womb, he knew who we were. And it says he approved of us. As his chosen instrument. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so anything that we put our mind to, anything that we set our hand to, according to the will of God, he's already preordained you to do that. And he chose you. Praise the Lord. We are instruments of the Most High God. Amen. Amen. He approved of us as his chosen instrument. We can all be used by the Lord. Amen. Amen. In a band, you don't just have one instrument, you have an ensemble. You have multiple instruments that are playing at the same time to, to give a good sound for the performance. Well, as a body of Christ, we are, we are all um, instruments in the band of Christ. Amen? 
in the body of Christ, we are all members of the body of Christ. We all work together with the personalities and with the skills and with the things that he's blessed us with to further his kingdom, to uh, make an impact on this world. In Jeremiah's case, he appointed him as a prophet. That was his calling. That's what he anointed him to do. Amen. But each one of us, he's called us to have a ministry. Amen. I'm not just talking about a five-fold ministry, or I'm not talking just about a pulpit ministry or a missionary ministry or anything like that. But in our own daily lives, where we work, the people that we live by, we have a ministry to those people. Our family, we have a ministry those people and God has called us to those people. In Genesis 1:26, God said, "Let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the uh, fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth." So He made us in the image of the Godhead. He said, "Let us make man in our image." He made us in His image, so we could affect people for Him. He gave us personality, He gave us character, and He gave us gifts. Amen. And whether you know it or not, you have a gift. You have an ability that God has specifically ordained for you. Amen. That he wants you to use for his kingdom, for his glory. And the first thing that God said of mankind was to use those skills, to use those gifts, to use those, that authority that he's given you to have dominion over all the things that God has created on the earth. Amen. That's why Jesus, with the storm, was raging and he was asleep in the boat, and they said, Master, we're perishing, what, what should we do? And he was able to calm the storm. It's because he knew that he had authority, he had dominion, amen, over the weather. I know there's been times where we've had kids' night out events, and there was a storm coming right for Brookings, and we pray, and we just we believe that the Lord will, will hold that back or push it away, and it's went like around us, and it's just stayed and it's just stayed still until after kids let out, and then it's come through. We have the ability and the authority through Jesus Christ, amen, to have dominion over things around us, to shape and to shift our atmosphere around us, amen. We still have authority to shape and shift our atmosphere, to do the things that God has called us to do. He wouldn't have called us to do them if he didn't have the ability to do it. He wouldn't have called us to preach the gospel. He wouldn't have called us to, uh, and we'll look at it later, but in Mark, to cast out demons, to speak with new tongues, to lay hands on the sick, and they will recover if he didn't give us the authority to do it. Amen. Amen. He's going to equip you with whatever he's called you to do. He's not going to leave you hanging. I mean, he's going to equip you. And then on Wednesday, I talked about how we want to appreciate our ministries. We want to appreciate where we are. We want to appreciate where God has put us in the situations that we're in. Amen. Sometimes maybe we don't feel like we're in the best situation. Well, there's the old cliche, we want to make the best out of a bad situation. Amen. We want to, we want to affect uh, the area, the atmosphere around us for the kingdom. Amen. For the good of the Lord. We want to appreciate the call God has put on our life. In Ephesians 2.10, he says, For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we are his workmanship. I said, you know, on Wednesday that if we, if we don't appreciate where we're at, the calling that God has, it's like a slap to God's face because we are his workmanship. He created us. We're not just out here at random, just like, oh, what do I want to do? No, God created us for a purpose. 
He created us for a mission. Amen? And he created, we were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Again, he prepared these things beforehand. He prepared these things before we even knew what was going on. Amen? And he, he wants us to walk in those, and he wants us to enjoy those things that he's called us to do. Amen? And, and anything that he's called us to do, if we, just, if we put our trust in him, you might not think, seem like it's going to be enjoy, enjoyable, but I tell you what, you'll find joy out of whatever it is that he's called you to do. Amen. And we're not stuck. Again, the Lord, he knows our personality. He knows our character. He wants to have us, give us a good quality of life. John 10.10 10 says, uh, Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, to have a good quality of life. We only have a short time on this earth. Pastor Dave always says that you know, from the, from the beginning of our life and to the end of our life on our, on our, on our headstone is there's a dash. And it's just one dash. Amen. And, and we want to make the most of our time here on earth. It's not just a waiting room to get into heaven. Amen. We're actively participating. Uh, this is a, a participation award sport. Amen. So we want to participate in what God has called us to do. And it's good, you know, if, we are, if we're saved and we believe and we have our salvation, that is great. That is the number one goal for all of us that we want in our life. But after we have that, then it's about growing. This is about being discipled into, into doing what he's wanting us to do, doing what he's called us to do as a body. So the reason we should appreciate our calling is because he's the one who gave it to us. Amen? To be effective in the calling he's given us, we have to be confident in him. I don't have any confidence in myself that I can do it by myself. I don't have confidence up here in myself that I can present the gospel. But I have confidence through Jesus Christ that he has ordained me and anointed me to preach the gospel. Amen. Amen. And that's why we can speak with authority. Because he's anointed us to do it. He's given us the confidence. He's given us his only son, Jesus Christ, to give us authority and dominion and power to do things that we don't think we should be able to do on our own. And we can't do on our own. Amen. I mean, to do the impossible. With God, all things are possible. Amen. I mean, so we can do the impossible with Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4.1 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you are called. So walking worthy means acknowledging what Christ has poured into us. We want to acknowledge that, that we're not unworthy to do it, but we're walking worthy of the calling which we which was we were called rather than looking at how we feel or what we feel we're worth because i know sometimes if we'll look at ourselves and we'll say well I, I just don't feel like i'm anointed to do this i don't feel like maybe a week ago i felt like i was called to be in this position but today i just don't i don't feel like it and that's why we don't go by our feelings amen we go by the word which tells us no you are called and i have anointed you and you can do this Amen. So we want to walk worthy of the calling, which we are called. And sometimes it's easy to let the devil say and get in our mind that, well, you're too inadequate to do this. Why are you even trying? Because uh, you, nobody's going to listen to you anyways. You know. Or have you, you know, has the devil ever tried to tell you if you're trying to witness to somebody, well, they're just too far, they're just too far away, they're never going to respond. That's all the devil, amen, because nothing is impossible with Jesus. 
Amen? So the more we witness to somebody, the more we plant seeds, the softer, hopefully, the ground gets in somebody's life. Sometimes we try to make the gospel so complex. Don't let the devil confuse you and take you away from, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians uh, 11.3, the simplicity of the gospel. Don't let, don't let Satan try to make things so complex in your life that, well, should I go over there or should I not? You know, and, and, and uh, try to get things looking confusing in our life and make the gospel look confusing when really the gospel is simple. Amen. Amen. Well, what should I say? How should I say it? The Bible says the Holy Spirit will give us the words to speak. Amen. Amen. So if he's called us to do these things, he is with you. He is going to guide you the whole way. And then on Wednesday, again, I talked about how we all have our own ministry and sphere of influence. So I can't have your calling. I don't have your ministry. I don't live in maybe your neighborhood or work where you work. So I can't, I don't have that ministry. Same thing with you. You don't... You don't live where I live. You don't work where I work. You don't have the ministry that I have. So we're all, the Bible says we're members individually of a, of a body of Christ. And we all work together. Amen? Maybe sometimes you wish that you had somebody else's job or you lived in their neighborhood. Or, oh, that looks like a night. I wish I was, I wish we could trade places or whatever it is. Maybe sometimes you feel like, uh, you know, you you see somebody's family and they're all living for the Lord and you're like, oh, I want my family to be like that. Well, do something about it. Amen. Amen. Continue to preach the gospel. Amen. Amen. We are where we are for a reason. Amen. And the devil will do things. I mean, I'm not saying that every circumstance that happens to you is from God because that's not true. I mean, the the devil is still the God of this world and so there's still things that, yeah, the Lord doesn't, you know, he doesn't want us to be in situations sometimes that we're in. But we are in that situation. And what do we do? We have to make the best of that situation. We have to still minister despite our circumstances. We have to still witness despite what we're going through. Amen. Amen. Not everybody has the same life. Not everybody's had the same opportunities in life. But we make the most of where we're at. We make the most of where we are in life. Amen. All those things, somebody else's job or neighborhood or friends, are part of your ministry. The neighborhood you live in, whether it was by accident or not, that's part of your ministry. Whether it's where you want to be or not, it's part of your ministry. The job that you're at, whether you like your job or you don't, it's part of your ministry. I mean, the family that you have, no matter how irritating sometimes they might be, I know none of you have family members like that, but uh, it's part of your ministry. Amen? We can be a light, we can be a witness to, in all of those situations, in everything that's around us. Amen? Your ministry matters. Sometimes, it's another thing, it's easy to think sometimes, well, what, what difference can I make? You know, there's all these, you know, especially in, in the world, there's, there's all these other um, ideas and, and doctrines that are being thrown at us and our kids from school, from media from whatever it is, even sometimes from Christians, right? And it's like, well, I'm just one voice. What, what can I do? Why, you know, why, why should I even bother? Well, yeah, one voice, but collectively, as a body of Christ, 
we are a well-oiled moving machine, amen. So we can do a lot, we can have a lot of an effect, amen, for the gospel, just our voice, amen. And you know, with the Lord, it's not just our voice, but with, with God on our side, the, the amplification of our voice is infinite. We can reach, I mean, even right now, we have Facebook Live going, we, we put it on YouTube, on our website. You know, many people watch services here. Amen. And they and and just like people see how I live and they watch my feet, people see how you live and they watch your feet. And they watch, they see the actions that you that you uh, display every day in your everyday life. And that's why we live for the Lord. That part of our testimony and part of our part of our witness is our life. Amen. First Corinthians twelve twelve. Again, we're we're members of one body. It says, For the body is one and has many members, but all the members for that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Amen. And I talked about on Wednesday how the human body has many different functions. There's, there's many different areas of the body that we need in order to survive. So the body has bones, joints, has veins, has organs, systems that keep us alive. Amen? And each part understands its role. There's another scripture, I don't have it up here, but, but how you know, the, the eye says, well, I'm not the hand, so I'm not part of the body. Well, that's not true. It's still a part of the body. And so no matter how insignificant we think that our ministry is, it's not because it's very important in the body of Christ. Yeah. Just like the body has different roles and responsibilities, the skeletal system holds the form of our body. And then our lungs filter in oxygen, filter out carbon dioxide. Our nervous system tells us if we touch something hot, we're going to get burnt. All those f- functions are important in our human, our physical body. If the different parts of my body didn't think they could do their role, I'd be in trouble. You know, if my hand didn't think it could pick something up, well, I'd be in trouble, right? So as a body of Christ, if, if one part of the body thinks, well, we just can't do this, I don't have the authority to do this, I don't have the power, I haven't been, giving, I haven't been given the tools, well, then, it, you know, the, the, another scripture says, if one part of the body suffers, we all suffer, right? So if one part of the body is lacking, we're all lacking. If one part of the body is doing well, and then we rejoice in that, and we, in, in it, really helps the rest of our body. Amen. Has anybody had an injury and you, maybe you're favoring it? What happens? Well, the rest of the parts of the body have to step up. If I have a knee injury on my right knee, well, then my left leg has to really step up and take more of the burden than it used to. Just as the body of Christ. When one, when one part of the body is struggling, you know, and as Christians, we can see sometimes when our friends, when our other fellow believers are struggling with things, What's our job and responsibility? Well, it's to lift them up, amen, to build them back up, to be somebody to lean on while they need it. And we've all had that. We've all had, been in places where we're like, ah, I just need to talk to somebody. I just need to, uh, I'm going through a tough time. I, I just want somebody to, to interact with me and help me through this, amen. And so we can do that for each other. Amen. So we have to be confident in our role in his body. 
And we're confident by believing in the message that we are presenting. So Romans 1.16 says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's, the import- that's important, isn't it? That we're not ashamed of the message that we're presenting. And when we, when, we, when we are witnessing, when we're talking to somebody about Jesus, we need to believe the message that we're presenting. Amen. Amen. If we don't believe it, the power and the authority isn't going to be there. Amen. But if we believe it and we know that the Lord has empowered us and He's anointed us to do it and to preach that gospel, then we can preach with more authority, we can preach with more power than if we didn't. Think of uh, the, the, the guys that um, tried to exercise a demon in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Well, they didn't have any confidence that, that this was going to work. Or they didn't have any confidence or a relationship with Jesus that, that they could draw off of. They didn't have any power or authority. And what did the, what did the demon say? Well, Paul, I know. I know Paul has authority because he's, he's cast us out before, friends of mine. Jesus, I know, but who are you? Amen. We get the, when we get asked the question, who are you, we better be able to respond with, I am the child of Jesus Christ. And I have authority to cast you out, devil. Amen? We have the authority to do those things. We aren't ashamed, but confident in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not in ourselves. Sometimes I, we think, you know, it's, an, it's my power, it's how much, how much I pray, or it's how much faith I have. And, and that's all true. I mean, we want to have a lot of faith. We want to be able to pray. But really, things happen because of the grace of God. The Holy Spirit is like the wind, blows where it wishes. And, and every time it, it comes into our life, and, and you know, the Bible says He poured out His Spirit on all flesh, we can have the authority and the power to do unbelievable things. To do great exploits for him. Miracles and signs and wonders and different things. And I love what the last part of this verse says too. It's it's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. So I don't have to bring, I don't have to persuade. It's not our job to persuade. When we're witnessing, when we're giving our testimonies, um, you know, it's not, I'm not out there trying, begging and pleading you know, and, and trying to come up with all these arguments. No, I'm, I'm presenting the truth. And we present the truth of the gospel, and we present the good news of the gospel. Amen. And then it's the Holy Spirit who persuades. Amen. Paul said, I did not come to you with persuasive words. I came to present a gospel, a truth, that you need to know about, and then it's up to you to act on it. Amen. And we can continue to encourage, we can show them things, we can, we can preach the truth. But unless somebody gets a revelation of who Jesus is and how much Jesus loves them, uh, then, then we'll be spinning our wheels with trying to persuade them any other way. You know, I think about the same thing when I, when I look at um, you know, just different comments, different things on Facebook. You know, you have a forum of, you know, you look and there's like 1.3 thousand comments. And, uh, you know, I don't usually comment a lot on those, on anything, you know, politically or anything like that. Because I feel like I'm one comment of 1.3 thousand comments. Amen. And if I try to, if I try to give my opinion or my point of view and I try to persuade 1.3 thousand people, it's not, I'm not, I'm just spinning my wheels. 
But if I can get with somebody one-on-one, you know, and somebody maybe that, that could represent, you know, a whole section of people, and I can get one-on-one with them, and I can show them how much God loves them, and I can present, you know, the truth of the gospel, amen, and who Christians are. I talked about a while back, um, just in schools, you know, the, the Catholic Church, when, when Europeans first came over to the United States, and the persecution against Native Americans was terrible, and put them into reform schools, and tried to get, get their culture, take the culture away, and and in my daughter Alora's book, it said, you know, the Catholic Church or the Protestants, I can't remember which group, but then in Mason's history book, it said Christians, Christians came and did all these things, and it made me upset because, you know, just one was one word change in the history book completely shifts in the world's mind what a Christian is. Amen. And Christians are just living examples of Jesus Christ. As, as Christians, we're living examples of who Jesus was and who he is. Amen. And so I think even now it's harder and harder as a Christian to change somebody's mind about what a Christian actually is. And being a Christian is just loving people. It's showing the love of Jesus. Amen. Giving our testimony. We over, he was overcome by the, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So our testimony is important. Where we were and where we are now is important. Amen? But just one little word. And so in the world, you know, we, we've been talking to our kids just about, you know, because they, they have conversations at lunch that I, we would never have when I was growing up. Um, I mean, they talk about politics, they talk about everything that, you know, and it's, it's a world point of view. And so, you know, our kids have asked the question, like, what do, what do I say? You know, because I don't agree with this, whatever, whatever it is. And I said, well, I said, we don't have to agree. We do have to love. You know, if you can show somebody that despite what they believe and despite how they feel about a certain issue, that you love them even though you don't agree with them, that, that goes very far. Amen. Amen. If we can show them and we can, and we can convince them that I don't, you believe that, that's fine. I love you no matter what. Jesus loves you even though we have different viewpoints. <laughs> Amen. Jesus loves you even though that's your lifestyle. Amen. There's things in my life that, that you know, the Bible says we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. Amen. He loves me anyways. He loves me despite of the things that I've done wrong. Amen. We don't want to get into the business of classifying sin with people that we're trying to reach. We all, have, we all have things that we've gone through. Amen. Praise the Lord for the Holy Spirit, for Jesus saving us, all of us, the whole world, loving us so much to do that. So I don't have to bring the power of persuasion. I have to just bring the truth. The truth in love. Amen. If I bring the truth in love, it's going to cultivate that soil for somebody else down the road to put a seed in. That seed will start to grow in good ground. Amen. So that they can be a child of God as well. A lot of times I think people think that ministering is talking with somebody about Jesus for an hour and then they have to get saved right then and there. Like, they just, if they don't, I'm just going to continue to talk with them, even if they have to go. No, they got to get saved right now by my ministry. And that does happen, amen. There are times where we do witness to somebody, and, 
and they're open right away, and they get saved, and they, they get set free of any you know, the bondage that they were in. But a lot of times, we might display kindness, we might talk to them about Jesus, and then they're like, well, I have to go, and then the congregation kind of ends. And that's okay. Amen? A lot of ministries just showing kindness to those around you, and this is the key, day after day after day after day after day. Amen? I'm not going to have one, when I was working at Dactronics, I wasn't going to have one conversation with a co-worker, for the most part, and get them to be like, oh yeah, wow, I need Jesus. No, every day you're showing kindness. Even the people that don't show kindness to you, every day, kindness. You just, amen. Showing kindness every day goes a long ways. Showing the love of Jesus every single day goes a long way. Amen. And, and pretty soon it'll be like, you know, as you start talking to people and you start getting to know people and building reports, like, well, um, you know, then things start to get a little deeper. Well, what do you think about this issue? And, and, um, Angeline was at a, a funeral just the other day, and and uh, one of her, you know, family members that, um, you know, Angeline has been witnessing to, and they've, you know, very close and everything, but just asked about even baby baptism, what she believed on that, and and it was a chance for Angeline to plant a seed, you know, that well, you know, you know, babies don't have an opportunity to choose uh, to believe in Jesus, but you know, we when we believe in Jesus. That's when we're saved. Amen. Just an opportunity to plant a seed. Amen. Just an opportunity to be a witness. Amen. And that's what we want to do day after day, being able to show the kindness of Jesus. One thing that the Lord has showed me over the last month, um, and I've, I've probably said it to multiple of you because I feel like um, it was like a revelation. Uh, you know, and how, how many know when you get one of those, it's like you have to tell everybody the revelation you got. But... Uh, was that we've already been anointed. Amen. That it's not like, it's not like when I come up to preach, it's like, Lord, I just pray that you give me the anointing for this one service. You know? No, he's anointed me. He's anointed you. Amen. He's anointed us to do ministry. And so Luke 4.18, a little late, but this is getting into the heart of my message this morning. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So, I believe that we can claim this verse for ourselves. Now, this, is, this is a quote from Jesus about himself, but I believe we can claim this for ourselves. Amen? At the time, it was just for Jesus, but as New Testament believers, we're in the same position he was in. Amen? The same anointing that Jesus was anointed with, we are anointed with. And it says that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him because he has anointed him to preach the gospel. So, one thing that the Bible makes very clear, especially after the, um, the gospels, is that we are anointed. The Holy Spirit has poured out on us as well. In Acts 1.8, Jesus himself says to the apostles, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Amen. So we know that it's God's will that the Holy Spirit comes upon us and that we can have power. Amen. And it says, you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then again, if we go down to Acts 2, when Peter 
gets up and speaks in front of the crowd, it says, he quotes from Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. So when the Holy Spirit came upon us, and he is upon us who believe, amen, pour out his spirit upon all flesh in the last days. Well, back in the day of Pentecost in the upper room, that was the start of the last days, and so we're just continuing in. We're continuing the book of Acts, amen, as believers, as New Testament saints, amen. But just as Jesus was anointed to preach the gospel, we have been anointed to preach the gospel because the Holy Spirit has been poured out on us. If the Holy Spirit hadn't, been, hadn't, hadn't have been poured out on us, we wouldn't be anointed to preach the gospel. Just think of the Old Testament. There was, there was the Israelites. Those were God's people. And how many times did it talk about being a witness to another group of people, to the Gentiles, to uh, you know, the Syrians, to you know, the Persians? How many times did, did God say, I want you to go and I want you to witness and get, get that person on our side? Not very often. Amen. But in the New Testament, because he's poured out, of our, poured out his spirit on us, amen, we've been ordained and we've been, we've been told to go out and to preach the gospel to those that, are, were, one, that are, were once God's enemies. Amen. Because the Bible says that one, one time we were all enemies of God. Amen. But now we've been anointed to go out and preach to the enemies of God, those who would call themselves his enemy, amen, to get them as an ally. Amen. So he's anointed us. And he's given us power. Amen. Second Corinthians one twenty one says, Now he who established us with you in Christ and has anointed us in God. So if we're established as children of God, we have been anointed already. Amen. Once we, re- once we make the decision to follow Jesus, that anointing activates in us. Amen. It's like a trigger. It's like once, once we've made that decision to follow Jesus, it's like, oh, here's the anointing. Here's the power that you that you are now tapping into. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He's anointed us. He's given us the power. He's given us the authority to do these things that he wants us to do. From the moment that we receive salvation, the anointing comes alive in us. Amen. Now, sometimes people want to look at anointing as this thing only some people have. Like, wow, that person is really anointed to do to do this. You know that. Wow, I, nobody has that much anointing as this guy or this person. But the truth is that we all have anointing to do what God has called us. Amen. Amen. And none of our roles is less important or more important than anybody else's role in the kingdom of God. Amen. You even have some pastors that don't, you know, and I've, I've seen this like firsthand. My dad was a pastor, you know, and so I met a lot of pastors when I was growing up. But pastors that, that didn't even want to talk to anybody before the service or anything because they didn't want to um, they didn't want to lose the anointing like well if that if that's going to lose the anointing for you that's not very that's not good you need to get back in the word and, and figure out that oh no I'm already anointed even no matter what's going on amen if there's you know there's babies crying or people talking or somebody snoring while I'm talking here uh that doesn't mean that I've lost an anointing. Amen. I have an anointing that I've been given from, you know, from when I believed all the way through. 
And you have that anointing as well. You know, if you're witnessing to somebody and you're, and, you know, you're doing ministry and, and somebody just seems really disinterested, you know, it's sometimes easy to think, well, I just didn't, I just didn't have it today. I just didn't, the anointing wasn't on me today. But the truth is, if we do the will of God, and if we preach the gospel, then that anointing is flowing through you. Amen? Then God is using you, and he's, he's anointing you continually, amen, to do the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. We have to remember that the anointing doesn't come from us, but it comes from God. Amen? I can't, I can't stir up my own anointing. No, God can do that. I, I can allow him to. I can be a vessel and I can be willing, but God has to stir that up. And he's given you what it takes to do what he's called you to do. Mark 16, I referenced it a little bit earlier. <clears throat> Verse 15 says, And he had said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. Wow, that was a loud gulp. So Jesus commissioned them to preach the gospel, basically saying, you are anointed to go do this. I've given you the power and the authority and the anointing to go and preach the gospel. And then lists all the things that will follow them in their ministry. When we're obedient to the Lord and we just do the things that God wants us to do, when we show love to people, when we act like Christians, amen, signs and wonders do follow. We might not even know about them. We might not even, at the time, see them, but signs and wonders will follow. And a lot of times on this, on this passage, we kind of stop at verse 19, um, or at verse 18, lay hands on the sick and they recover. But when we read verses 19 and 20, I really like verse 20, and he says that they went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord was working with them. Amen. Amen. It tells me that even after his ascension, you know, just like Jesus said that he'll bring us a helper, um, he's always with us. He's never leaving us stranded to do something by ourselves. Amen. It says that the Lord was working with them, and the Lord was confirming the word. Amen. Again, we, we speak the truth, we present the truth. Amen. The Lord will confirm the words that you spoke. Amen. The Lord will confirm your ministry. Amen. He doesn't leave us alone to do it by ourselves. Whenever we're witnessing, if we're sharing our testimony, whatever it is, the Lord's with us. Amen. He'll give us the words to speak. If you're if, if you know that you should go over and talk to somebody, but just fear starts to build up in you, like, I don't know what to say, I don't know if I can do this, well, just know that God has anointed you. He's already anointed you to do it. Walk in the anointing, amen. Walk in the calling that God has in your life. And he doesn't leave us alone to do it by ourselves. The Lord is always with us. When Jesus was about to die, he told the disciples that he would send the helper to live with him and abide with him forever. Amen. He's always with us and he's within us. And that helper is the Holy Spirit. Whenever we're unsure, he's going to guide us on what to do and what to say. Amen. We're not alone in this. Sometimes, you know, you think of Elijah when, when he was hiding out um, from Jezebel and, 
And he said, Lord, I'm the only one that's preaching your gospel. I'm the only one that is living for you. And just, I just want to die. I just, you know, what did the Lord say? No, I've reserved. There's reserves. Amen. Somebody say, there's reserves. Amen. You're not the only one. You're not the only one at your job that, that loves Jesus. Amen. You're not the only one at your job that's a Christian. You're not the only one in your family that's trying to win souls for the Lord. Amen. There's always people that we can, if we, if we look hard enough and we, and we talk to enough people, there's people that we can build a rapport with that also love Jesus. And that also want the same thing. Amen. And he gives us the grace to do it. <clears throat> he doesn't leave us alone, but he also gives us the grace to do it. Ephesians 4, 7. <clears throat> um, the Bible says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led ca- captivity captive and gave gifts to men. And so, he gives us the grace to, um, to do what he's called us to do. <clears throat> Amen. If you're in a certain situation, and maybe on our own power, we can't handle it. But he gives us the grace. Amen. Amen. I think I have one more scripture here as well. Yeah. Let us come therefore boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Amen. But he wants us to come boldly. <clears throat> boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy <clears throat> and find grace to help in time of need. Now I know for me, in any situation, I always feel like I need grace to get through it. If I'm if I'm ministering to somebody, if you know, being up here, I was talking to Angeline you know, the other day, and I just said, um, you know, my personality when I was in school was always shy, and I'd never, if there was a crowd, I, just, I wouldn't be the one to talk. And uh, I told her, I said, who would have thought that part of my job would have been talking to a bunch of people? Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't like a speech guy or writer or anything like that. But I thought, God is, God is so good. Amen. Amen. Even in my own life, I never, my dad was a pastor, his dad was a pastor, and I never thought that I would be a pastor. I just, it just didn't, when I was younger, I was like, no, that's not for me. I couldn't, I just couldn't see myself doing it. You know, but when the Lord calls you to do something, he puts excitement and he puts enjoyment into it. Amen. So I never thought I'd be like, "Ah, I, I never, just never enjoy it. Well, when the Lord spoke to me back in 2008, and when I really, that was really the time I felt him call me to this, um, then what happened? An excitement grew. A, a joy grew. Like, oh, wow, that's going to be great. But before that, I never thought that. So even right now, if, if you're not 100% sure what you want to do, or you know, even where you want to live, or you know, for the college students here, um, don't give up on anything. Don't just assume anything about your life that, well, he'll never call me to that. And don't just assume because you don't think you'll like it that he won't call you to it. Amen? Because I tell you what, when he, when he calls you and when he, when he draws out that calling on your life and he says, now this is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to work. This is where I want you to live in this community. 
Amen. You'll find the joy in it. I mean, He doesn't want us to be miserable on earth. <laughs> Even while we're doing His work, He doesn't want us to be miserable. He wants us to enjoy life. He wants us to make the most out of life. And at, a, at a company, if you have a bunch of miserable employees, the production is going to be down. But if you have a bunch of employees that enjoy their job, love the perks, love the things that they're doing, what's going to happen? Employment's going to go up. Amen? In the body of Christ, every, every one of us, like I said, has a certain role to play. And if we're just, you know, never happy, never satisfied with our role, well, our production is going to go down. Amen? Our witness is going to be going to be bad. Amen? So when God calls us to do something, and he's, and he's again, called each one of you and, and all of us to do something for his kingdom, I mean, he's not going to put you in a position where, you know, you just, you just hate it and can't stand it. No, what is he going to do? He's going to call you to do something, but he's going to put joy in you. And then it's our job. We need to decide whether or not we're going to receive it. Are we going to receive that joy? Are we going to be happy with the calling that we've had on our life? Amen? And so this morning, I just want you to, to understand that you have been anointed. No matter what you're doing right now, no matter what, no matter how... how um, good or bad your situation looks, and, and no matter how good or bad you think your testimony is, or your witness is, he's anointed you already to do the work of the gospel. He's anointed you to preach the gospel. Amen? So that should, that's an issue that we shouldn't even have to think about. You know, there's, some, there's certain things that we just don't have to pray about. You know, I don't have to pray, Lord, give me the anointing. Now, I, I do pray, Lord, give me the words, <laughs> give me the, the things to say, but, or give me the message that you want me to, to speak. But I don't have to pray, Lord, give me the anointing. Because he's already anointed me. Amen. When we go out and you do ministry, um, wherever it is, you don't have to say, Lord, give me the anointing. Because he's already anointed you to do it. He's already given you the confidence to do it. Amen. We just need to tap into it. We need to realize the power and the authority amen, that comes through from Jesus through us to the people that we're ministering to. Amen. All right. Well, Father, we just thank you for this anointing that you've given us. We thank you that we can, uh, we can go out and we can do great things for you, that signs and wonders follow us, Lord. That you're so good that you gave us different personalities, that you gave us character, that you gave us skills that we can use for your glory, Lord. We just praise you today. Lord, we thank you for all the works that are going to be done through your people from now until the end of the days, Lord. Hallelujah, that you've anointed us to preach the gospel. You've anointed us to set the captives free. Hallelujah. You've anointed us to heal the brokenhearted. Father, we thank you that we can walk in that calling, Lord. And I just pray that even, even today, as we visit with people, as we go out into the world, Lord, that we can remember that. And that when you tell us to go, we can go because we have confidence in our ability through you, Jesus. So Lord, I thank you for a great day for everybody here. I thank you that you are uh, blessing people in their finances. You're blessing people in their homes. Hallelujah. You're blessing people with their health in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for just all that you do. We come to you with praise and thanksgiving today. We bless your name in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. How many were encouraged by the message this morning? Amen? Amen.
That's good. God wants us to encourage. Amen. So come on out tonight. Dub calls back at 6.30. It's going to be a great night tonight, and uh, you are dismissed. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.